I tell each caregiver, you have to take out time for yourself because I know this might sound cliche. You know, when you don't water a plant, it's going to dry up. And how you expect yourself to be able to take care of someone else, you don't have your roots are not going to stick within the ground. You're going to topple over. So if you're not caring for yourself, you're not going to be no good for your loved one. Welcome to another episode of Advocates in Action, a podcast created by the National Patient Advocate Foundation, a nonprofit that develops initiatives promoting equitable access to affordable quality health care through policy action and partnerships. I'm your host, Ashley Freeman. Today, I'm honored to speak with Misha Saunders, who is the founder of Moxie Moves. When she isn't leading the elderly in exercise at her local nursing home, she enjoys focusing on her own physical health through pole strengthening, hiking, and gardening. Thank you so much, Misha, for joining us. You are the last episode on caregiving because we like to end our seasons with a message from someone younger, you know, as a way to look into the future of the topic that we're talking about. And you're 30 now, but you were actually exposed to caregiving at a very young age by your mom. Tell us a little bit about that. Back in 1997, I used to go to work with her at a Hope Adult Daycare where there were seniors and we would do fitness and they would do exercise and crafts. And I just love what they were doing with them. And I thought, when I was watching them, I would start to mark, mark the activities director of what she was doing. And I called myself the little Richard Simmons. And they had cabinets full of glitter and crafts. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do these crafts with the elderly. So I would sit down sometimes and do the crafts with the elderly. So that right there had exposed it to me back when I was seven years old. And then after that, when I um, was in high school, I worked at Mercy Ridge Retirement Home and Dining Services. So they have the retirement area and they have the assistant living area. That's really awesome that your mom worked at those places. And, you know, at such a young age, you were exposed to having a respect for the elderly because a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people don't respect them or appreciate them uh, like we should. Later on in life, in your early 20s, you became a caregiver for both of your grandmothers. So tell us a little bit about that. I became the secondary caregiver for both of my grandmothers. My grandmother, Daisy, had Alzheimer's, and I watched her go through all the stages. She ended up going into assisted living because we didn't have the space at home because my other grandmother used to live with us. I would go there to check on her, take her food, entertain her, give her activities to do, and she loved music. She didn't remember who I was, but we was able to have a conversation through music and looking at pictures, and that just made her smile. She knew I was a relative, but didn't know how I was related to her. Now for my other grandmother, my grandmother Florence, we lived in the same household. She only had early stages of Alzheimer's, but before she passed, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. So with being her caregiver, we used to go everywhere. I took her to the adult senior proms. I took her to be in somebody's music video. We would dance around the house. Every Monday, we would make Manic Monday videos to post on social media. And Ashley, of course, saw some of those that we used to post. And I just made sure my grandmother had fun all the time. She would always say every day is a birthday. So I try to make every day a party for her. And she just loved enjoying life. 
I love that. Was there a moment when you realized that you had transitioned from just being a granddaughter, you know, that that loves and is, you know, has this great connection to really being a caregiver where you're providing that that different level of support? So I noticed the change when I had to start helping my grandparents a lot more when it came to my grandmother, Daisy. Before she went into the system living, if my aunt went out of town and she would come stay with us, she would be repetitive about certain questions. And then with my grandmother, Florence, she started asking things like, oh, what number do I have to put on the microwave to warm this up? And she would always forget to put it on for a minute. So things that we think that's small and subtle, but to start repeating herself was my way of learning that, okay, my grandmother is starting to need help. And she's asking me things that I would have asked her when I was a child. So them having childlike behavior made me know that I had to reverse my roles. I empathize with you so much because my Nana also had dementia. When she was younger, she would always say, once a man, twice a child. Did your grandmother ever say that saying? Yes. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Yes. She would say it if I would get frustrated with her about something. And I didn't know what that meant until, you know, things progressed. And, and I, I saw, um, like you said, the roles really reversing where we became the caregivers for, for the ones that used to care for us. And so for you and your experience, what was it like being a caregiver for someone who had serious memory issues, you know, and sometimes didn't even recognize you? Actually, surprisingly, it was easy for me. I know a lot of people, it's hard for them, but I guess since with me growing up watching my mom when she was a CNA, GNA, her caring for people that had Alzheimer's and dementia and other different forms of dementia helped me to be prepared when this time had came, not knowing that my grandmother Daisy was going to go through all the stages of Alzheimer's. Um, I believe that helped a lot, but it can be challenging because you could remember your grandmother always calling you by that name, always calling you on your birthdays, and then suddenly they're not calling you anymore, and you're just like, oh, what's going on? So I just had to always remind myself, like, you know what, she's not well, you know, she still loves you, and try to reach her, reach those parts that are still there, and don't look down on that person. Don't treat them like a child, but just meeting them where they are are the most important thing. And knowing they haven't, like, they haven't totally forgotten about you. They might have forgotten who you are, but the love is still there. And as long as you can't try to reason with them, but you have to connect with them on an emotional level. That's really awesome that you were prepared with those resources before you needed them. Whereas a lot of people, especially with dementia and Alzheimer's, it just hits them like a wave and they're not prepared and they don't have the resources. That actually inspired you to then create a whole career around that. Um, so share with us a little bit about you know, how that started and what you do now for other people's grandmothers and, and grandparents. I started Moxie Moves in 2015. I started it because I was teaching a pole fitness at assistant living in the back, not in the area where the singers were, but this lady had an office space. And my way of thanking her for letting me use that space, I wanted to do fitness with the elderly that were there. 
But we did share aerobics. And one day, this lady that was delivering pharmaceutical medicine had saw what I was doing. She was like, oh, my gosh, I love what you're doing. I think you need to get paid for this. So from there, she told somebody, one of her friends that owned us living, what I was doing. And that's how I got my first paid gig. And from there, I started doing cold calls. So Moxie Moves was only fitness for elderly. And then from there, I developed crafts because I know a lot of elderly people, some of them like doing fitness and some of them just like doing crafts, but I combine the two so they can have well-balanced 30 minutes of fitness and 30 minutes or an hour of doing crafts. So I travel to different assistant livings and senior centers and I do the activities with them. But I know a lot of people love to do online. So to be accessible to everyone, I invented an online program where I have exercises and games for you to be able to download. So you can either get the subscription or just get a small package. So I started doing that and I fell in love with it. It's a form of therapy for me to help people to get connected with their loved ones and just helping the elderly keep their mojo through fitness and brain games. Once I became a caregiver, I developed Moxie caregiver portion where I help caregivers navigate through the journey of caring for someone that has Alzheimer's or dementia because I believe that's very important. Yes, you can have the fitness and yes, you can have the crafts, but some people are like, okay, you know, I can do crafts and I can do exercise with my loved one, but at the same time, I need these resources. I need these strategies and these plans to help care for my loved one. So I was like, you know what? I want to help people with this from my story, my experience. I do consultations to help you figure out what you need and where you are. I help come up with strategies and plans to help you navigate through this journey so you don't feel like you're doing it all by yourself. For you to check out my website, go to MishaSaunders.com. I think that's so powerful that you've been able to use your personal testimony to now empower other people, you know, to now provide them with resources and tools and knowledge for now their journeys as caregivers. And with your research in developing these resources, what gaps or missing resources and information have you seen that you're like, okay, now I would like to create for my future clients? The different prices of caring for your loved one, like with getting the home care agency to come in versus them staying in the actual facility. So a lot of people are confused about the breakdown about that. Some places are not as open. So I believe if people can see that they can actually pay for it and it's not an astronomical price, because I think that's when a lot of people get afraid and um, they don't feel as though they can't afford for a caregiver to come in their home because, you know, I think it's better if you can have your loved one at home and help them age in place. But a lot of people don't think they can afford it. So if they can map it out and see better ways that they can afford it, I think that's one thing that that needs to be added because it's so important. A lot of people feel when their loved one put them into assistant living, they feel as though they're pushing them away. And that's not the case. They just don't know how they can take care of them at home. And assistant livings are not bad because everyone does not have the patience to take care of their loved one on their own so it's just to help so just finding those places that you know that you're comfortable with that have all the tools that your loved one 
needs. So I think a lot of people get afraid when they're trying to find those type of places and knowing like where they can get aid from as far as getting actual money to take care of their loved one. So knowing about those financial resources is a big thing. I think those are two of the biggest things, the financial resources and finding placement for your loved one. And last, I would say medical supplies, because a lot of people don't know about getting wipes every week to come to their house, getting um, the pins every week, those free medical supplies they can get and different programs that are through the Department of Aging that their loved one may qualify for. That financial piece that you just hit on is so important. You know, finances are a huge thing when it comes to healthcare in general, (laughs) you know, whether you're caregiving for a loved one or you're trying to access care for yourself, we all know that finances can be a huge barrier to that. And you mentioned some really great tools and resources that I haven't even thought about. In addition to the Department of Aging, what are some other maybe online resources or books or organizations that you would suggest people get in contact with? I would say reach out to your local Alzheimer's Association. They always have different chapters. John Hopkins, I'm a member on their memory and caring board. So in certain areas, they have a few different caregiver groups. And if they don't have one within their area, I'm sure they can give you information to connect with someone in your state. Thank you for sharing those. And I know in addition to the financial burden that caregivers have to navigate. There's also this emotional aspect. And I know you mentioned earlier that you were a little bit better at it because you felt prepared. You know, you you knew what memory loss would look like and dementia and how that could play out. But for people who are thrown into caregiving situations and aren't prepared for them, you know, they don't know what that role will look like. What type of tips or suggestions do you suggest for them to take care of themselves and their own mental health? Because a lot of times caregivers focus on the person that they're they're caring for and they frequently leave themselves behind. I tell each caregiver, you have to take out time for yourself because I know this might sound cliche. You know, when you don't water a plant, it's going to dry up. And how you expect yourself to be able to take care of someone else, you don't have your roots are not going to stay within the ground, you're going to topple over. So if you're not caring for yourself, you're not going to be no good for your loved one. So I tell caregivers, see if your loved one wakes up at seven o'clock every day. See if you can get up maybe an hour, a half an hour early so you can have some time for yourself. Maybe drink some tea and read a book at night when they go to sleep sit in the tub, take a nice bath and read a book. Like little small things can help you feel so much better. But self-care is so important. And I know a lot of people are afraid with COVID going on with respite care. So respite care allows you to take out time for yourself. That's when your loved one may stay at a facility for like a weekend. But if you don't feel comfortable with that, you can reach out to a home care agency to see if they offer some type of respite care where they can have someone that comes to your house and sit with your loved one. And you can also ask a family member that you trust to come sit with your loved one. Of course, with COVID going right now, make sure they have a mask on and possibly a shield so you can feel comfortable and you know your loved one is not going to get COVID. 
those are all really great practical tips that people could apply in their everyday lives. You know, waking up early, going to sleep late. I hear moms talk about that all the time, you know, when they're taking care of their families and really needing to be intentional about carving out time for themselves. What is really your overall mission and goal with Moxie Moves and with you know, the career that you've built around supporting caregivers? So my overall mission is to get people to spend more time with their loved ones and to make aging not a death sentence and show people that they can still have life as they get older and not to give up and to keep their stamina and let caregivers know they don't have to do it all by themselves, try to reduce their stressors and the chronic diseases that comes along with stress. Making caregivers' life to be more seamless and not as stressful. So making resources available to them at the click of a button. I'm Ashley Freeman, and thanks for listening to this episode of Advocates in Action. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. We enjoy connecting with our listeners, so please visit our website at npaf.org slash podcast for show notes, resources, and ways to engage with us on social media. Thanks for listening.